What's up, you guys? Welcome to Take Your Best Shot. I've been listening to today's guests all morning on Spotify, as I do most days, and I'm so excited she's here with us. Internet with her wedding versions of our favorite emo and pop punk songs, and these videos have quickly racked up millions of views on Instagram and TikTok and are now being used for actual wedding videos. Aside from these amazing ballads, she's been putting out her own music and has quickly caught the attention of the music community down in Nashville. Please welcome the extremely talented Taylor Acorn. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for doing this. So I have to tell you something so funny. Probably like a couple months ago, I, you know, when at the end of the year you get the Spotify wrapped playlist? Yeah. So something tonight was on my Spotify wrapped playlist. Oh my God. I did not realize. Knocking myself out. Sorry. (laughs) You're totally fine. I didn't realize. I didn't make the connection. Like I had seen your videos and I had seen and listened to like so many different, you know, clips that you had put out there, but I didn't realize something tonight was your song. Yes. Um, I think, I don't know. It's really funny. Um, I think because I have from then have kind of transformed into more of myself, but I think to a lot of people who did listen to my music back then, um into like a completely different human so i think people when they hear that song they're like oh i know this but don't envision me singing it which is kind of funny because i do i look different now and i kind of have a different vibe so that's really funny you say that i love that though because that was like one of the very first songs that i had ever put out and i was really excited about it back then so to see it still you know streaming and people still like it is really awesome i mean that song has over 11 million streams on spotify i think like, that's a lot crazy <laughs> i'm like are people still i was like just waiting for uh the day that it just kind of like you know and then um one day oh, man this was like two years ago now because covid yeah covid has been two years ago yeah. almost to the date Um, but I remember two years ago it was trending on TikTok and I was like, I am never going to get away from this. Yep. I mean, it's, it feels like summer. It doesn't matter where you are. If it's winter, it could be snowing. Like it just feels like a good, it's a feel good song. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you like it though. That's awesome. I I do. I love it. And so I don't know. I know we haven't talked about this, but Mm -hmm. I've lived down in Nashville twice. So when I was 25, I packed Mm -hmm. up and I really wanted to see like what the music scene was going to be like. And I remember being down there in an apartment, no furniture, nothing. And I was trying to write music and I felt, I felt like I was in this weird space of not knowing if I really wanted to write Mm -hmm. country music, but I I was like, well, I came to Nashville. So like you write country music, but where do you feel like, a, do you feel like you kind of fell into that? Like you were in Nashville, you were writing country music. And when did you kind of transition to feeling like you were writing and putting out music that was more yourself? It's really interesting the way it all kind of happened. Because when I think of myself, and I mean, my closest friends, they know that I've grown up listening to pop punk music, rock music, you know, the dad rock, the 
I don't know if you like swearing or anything like that, but cock rock, if you will. And um, that was kind of always like my vein of music. And I don't know when or how really it happened. I think maybe one talent show in high school, I sang like a Carrie Underwood song. And from that day, people, you know, were like, Taylor Acorn, that's a country name. You're a country singer. Your voice sounds good on country music. You you have to be doing the country thing. And so I think, you know, a little bit before I even moved to Nashville, I was almost, I don't want to say gaslit, but I was kind of convinced that that was the direction that I needed to be in. Mm-hmm. And um, as much as I loved, you know, the Warped Tour scene and all of that over here, and that's what I genuinely wanted to do. I wanted to be like Haley Williams or Avril mm-hmm. Lavigne. Like, that's what I wanted. Um, I just, you know, people just convinced me that this is what I was supposed to do. And so when I moved to Nashville, genuinely, I was just writing whatever. I didn't have any rhyme or reason to it. I was just kind of doing my thing. I was living in Virginia at the time. So I was going back and forth to Nashville and then I got signed with a country publishing company Mm -hmm. and, um, this publishing company, you know, the main writer that owns it all he wrote a lot for Luke Bryan and things like that and so I think just being in that kind of setting too made me think that oh I have to write this country music I don't think I can you know dabble with what I really want to you know mess with them too like you're getting all of these rights with other country artists and other country writers so to be like I don't want to write this I want to write a pop song or I want to write you know pop punk or rock you know they would just look at you like what I don't do that so you know what what are we doing and um so I think I just kind of got in this headspace where that's what I needed to do and what I needed to be and to be honest kind of like what you said you're like I felt like I had to do it it made me so depressed yeah you know I was so unhappy because I was just like I feel like I'm becoming this version of myself that I don't really know and I don't know it was just it was a weird thing so yeah I I definitely felt like being here and being in Nashville you're surrounded by you know all of the country greats everywhere and you've got Broadway and everybody's in cowboy boots you think that that's what you're supposed to do and you almost feel like an outsider if you're not but I feel almost like more at home now that I'm doing what I want to do versus you know romping around in cowboy boots so (laughs) Well, and I also, I mean, I, I do feel like from what I've seen down there, there's definitely more variety than there was when I first went down like seven years ago. I mean, then it was just, I actually thought going down there, it would be a little easier of a, a kind of a segue to doing music because it wasn't LA and it wasn't New York. And I think mm-hmm. when I got down there, I realized that there were still, it was still crazy. Like it was still a rat race for musicians to put stuff out. And especially if you were coming into that country scene, because there were so many people doing that. And I remember visiting and getting in an Uber and the Uber driver started playing music and was like, this is my music. (laughs) I was like, oh, I was like, that's amazing. I was like, I am literally nobody, but I'll listen to it. (laughs) Sounds great. So it just in that moment, I think it scared me a little bit because I, I had, had this idea in my head that oh not really that many people are down there yet Mm -hmm. but a lot of people were down there and they were doing it so it definitely I think intimidated me more than Mm -hmm. I thought it would yeah um but do you feel like there is more 
variety now in the last few years like now that you're kind of going into these different genres of music like do you feel like you have support in Nashville and people and artists similar to that style yeah I mean to be honest the pop punk community here I'm sorry my phone is um the pop punk community here is from what I know, kind of small, but at the same time, there are a lot of people from the early 2000s pop punk scene that are here now writing music. Yep. And, um, you know, I think once I started, you know, kind of getting more into it, I think you think that it's not going to be as big as it is until you actually get into it and you start, you know, meeting people and, um, you know, kind of putting yourself in that world in general. Um, and the internet is an amazing thing too, where you can connect with people that you would have never even thought would be in town, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, um, it was weird because I, even in the country world, I was kind of just like, I don't really know who to write with. And yeah. I would just, you know, cause it's hard in that sense too, where you go from writing, you know, by yourself to writing with other people and I'm a very shy person. So for me to like get out of my skin and like message somebody to write is like, yeah. oh, like the worst <laughs> thing ever. Um, so, I mean, I guess now I think that genres are kind of, I, I feel like genres are opening up to a lot more. You know what I mean? You're yeah. starting to hear more pop and country music and you're starting to hear, you know, now there's like the emo country. Cassidy Pope is kind of doing that, which is yeah. awesome. And yeah. that's kind of what I was doing there for a minute. But I think um, there are a lot more people and a lot more variety than there was probably yeah. back when you were yep. here. Yeah. Um, and it's cool too, because so many people are moving from LA and New York. They're realizing, you know, hey, I can do the same thing that I was doing in LA in Nashville. And yep. I get seasons and, you know, it's a little bit smaller. It's not yeah. as crazy. So um, I think that there definitely is a lot more room for, you know, that right now. And I think people are realizing that too. So I was talking to my friend Lauren about social media because mm -hmm. on the one hand, you know, it feels like it makes things harder because there are now just an abundance of people on there doing all the same things. Mm -hmm. so, but on the other hand, it does, like you said, allow you connect to connect with so many people that maybe when we were younger, it just seemed like if you were a famous person or you were an artist or an actor or whatever, it didn't seem as attainable to have a conversation. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. social media is this thing and you have people commenting on your stuff. So have you, after kind of going onto TikTok and doing all of the videos and putting out all of the music, have you connected with some cool people? Have you had a moment where you were like, oh my God, like this is, this is crazy. <laughs> um, this past year, has been one of the most insane like I would have never in a million years would have ever thought that I would be you know doing these covers writing pop punk music you know like I was like I'll just be you know a country artist forever or whatever that entailed and once I started doing these covers um you know I've been able to meet so many people um the craziest one as of recent, um, I got a message from one of my friends and they were like, have you seen Mark Hoppus's story? And Mark Hoppus is one of the, you know, singers of Blink-182. Mm -hmm. And I, 
had like a flashback moment of me sitting in my living room watching the what's my name again music video yeah and i just remember them like running around they're naked it's like an iconic yeah. video yeah. um but i was just like how did i get from there to now somebody like mark hoppus is acknowledging the fact that i'm making music and i'm covering one of their songs like i would have never in a million years thought that, that would happen um, I've met some incredible people, um, a lot of people in the pop punk space, you know, my favorite band is Mayday Parade. And I've been able to, you know, like connect with them and Jake the drummer is like one of my really great friends now and we write and it's just, it's awesome, you know, to be able to have that and that support, especially to, you know, being an artist that was in a different genre is really scary yeah. to cross over and you know kind of feel like it's either sink or swim people are gonna love this or they're gonna hate it they're gonna think i'm fake they don't think i'm gonna love or like they don't think i actually really am doing this because i love the music it's just kind of like a cool train to hop on right now so that was yeah. always like a scary thing for me but i've had a lot of you know really awesome bands duet my music and you know reach out to me and be like we want you to do videos for us in the future, like promoting songs and stuff like that. So it's just, I don't know, it's neat. It's really neat to be able to feel like they're my peers more so than like just people that I look up to now. Yeah. So. so that's actually a fabulous segue because I was going to say that Mady Parade was also one of my top rap on Spotify for the year. Yes! And so funny is uh, probably... I mean, they've been around for a while, obviously, yeah. but I don't think I started listening to them until like maybe like seven years ago, I think is mm -hmm. when, because my like ex-boyfriend played Miserable at Best in the Car one night. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is a great song. And I've always grown up listening to Paramore and Boys Like Girls, mm -hmm. Blink-182, like yeah. all of the bands, but this is, I hadn't heard anything before. Mm -hmm. And from that moment, like I vividly remember like the actual moment that it came on and I was just like, what is this? And it's kind of mind blowing too. Like the dual like, vocals and stuff. Yeah. Like I can't, I, it, I listen to them all the time. And I, so, which is funny, kind of talking about like looking back and looking forward. I, the second time I moved down to Nashville was before the pandemic and mm -hmm. like right before it happened. And I had kind of dabbled in photography. I was like, eh, like this is fun. Like I like shooting mm -hmm. artists. Like this is a good time. And I yeah. somehow convinced somebody at the basement in East Nashville to let give me a press pass for their the Mayday show when they were in town. <laughs> and so I have this awesome photo that I took and it was just like the sea of people and they were on stage. And it was like this moment of like what was such an like iconic music moment for me just personally. Fast mm -hmm. forward seven years, I'm here, six years, whatever. I'm here like yeah. shooting this show and it was so unreal and it was the I think it was like I felt like I was like you know what I'm happy if nothing else in my life happens like this is awesome and so when I had when you started when I started seeing the covers that you would put out like the main and Mayday Parade I was like this is everything <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's awesome yeah. was that the show um I, I was that the show where they were doing like all of the covers and stuff like that they didn't really play a lot of their own music um I forget I don't remember there uh, it was the what was the tour where they had the big like yellow smiley faces everywhere oh yeah I, I think it was kind of like the emo 
something with yes. the email. I forget what it was. Yes. I want to say stay emo, but that's the thing that we've been doing. So yeah. it's something like that where they were playing a bunch of other songs. And I remember like Ryan from All Time Low came yes. in yes. and played. Was, yeah. I was screaming. <laughs> and you know what's funny is the Mayday Parade fans are crazy. Like, they so are. I had the lanyard and I was like, I had like a VIP thing and I was like, yeah. And, but there was no like place where I could, where anybody with like cameras would stand. You just had to like go yeah. into the crowd and do it. And mm -hmm. I was trying to get up closer. I don't know, like so just for taking a picture and this girl turns around. She's like, I've been here for six hours. You're not coming over here. I was like, oh my God, I'm so scared of you. She was like 14. <laughs> I was really, so please scared. don't hurt me. I know. But seriously, I was like, I just want to get a picture. I was like, do you need to see this band? She's like, no, I don't care. And I'm like, where's your mom? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was so scared of her. But it was it was a cool moment. And they honestly, I them the main, like I've I've seen them so many times at this point, and it just never gets old. Like I feel like I get chills never. every time I go see a show. And I think too, what is so amazing about that genre of music, and I'm sure that you can probably relate, you said that you had first listened to them seven years ago. Yeah. Like that is what's so awesome about those bands is that they have had the ability to build up a fan base that's so unbelievably loyal that from the days that we were like 13, 14, first discovering them, um, and people even before that, you know, like high schoolers and stuff and up until this point, it's like you are still able to relate as much to their music then as you are now. And you can almost look at it in a different way now. Like I will say when I was in Miserable at Best was one of the first songs that I had heard. It was on like a burnt CD yep. and it was like that one. And um, when I get home, you're so dead. And I know, same. <laughs> and I just remember the same as you being so fascinated with the the way that it it all was produced and the you know dual voices and um, I don't know it was just it was really crazy you know listening to that live and feeling the same way as I did you know how many ever many years ago I think those albums came out like 12 or 13 years ago so it's like it's just really amazing you know, know. and I um like it's funny because you also I mean you know like you're an artist like when you go see somebody play sometimes it's you know do they sound the way they sound on you know when you're listening to them on Spotify or mm -hmm. you know a Burt CD and they're just they blow me away every single time <laughs> just, they like, sound am, like, exactly exactly the same and a thing that I admire so much about them too is that they've always, always, always been such class act people. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I look up to them, you know, and the fact that Jake even, you know, reached out to me and was kind of like, what can I do to help? You know, things like that. It's just, it's amazing. I've, I've, I'm really, I love that band and they're, they're yeah. just incredible humans. So I, I am. <laughs> I did a um, uh, one of the concerts I went to because they came to I'm in I live in Rhode Island. So they came oh, yeah. to Providence in like the smallest venue that we have. And I was I was like, why are they coming to this place? Like it's I mean, Boston House of Blues, like I get. But it, mm -hmm. I was like, it's such a small venue. But I was like, I'm not going to complain <laughs> about it. I'm just going to go. The tickets were so cheap. Mm -hmm. And I think they had like a VIP package where you could meet them all. And mm -hmm. the VIP package was like 50 bucks. My friend and I mm -hmm. were like. Okay, well, we're gonna do this because it's been yeah. 
and they were so nice and i think i was like so nervous i was like what do i say to them like they seem like you know what do you say when somebody walks up to you and you're like hey i'm a fan i've been forever <laughs> yeah. and they were really nice it was very yeah. like, very like low pressure low key it was just kind of like people were we were all just kind of hanging out in a room mm -hmm. and I don't know. It's just, I've always just really from that moment of hearing that song, just from, I've just loved them so much. I listen to them yeah. all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We'll have to go to a show together when you come yes. into Nashville. <laughs> yes. I will let you know next time I'm in Nashville and we I'll, I'll plan it. We'll like figure out their tour. Yes. We'll go. <laughs> Um, so actually that's going to be, that's my next question. So if you were to pick your dream tour for you, like you are playing and you have two other slots to fill on your tour, who would they be? Oh man. On the spot question, I know, but I, feel I like I've thought about this. I mean, I would love to tour with Mayday Parade. Yeah. I think that that would be just a really amazing full circle moment. I think I would probably cry every show because, you know, as a fan watching it afterwards, I'd be like, oh, this is everything. Made it. Um, yeah. But I think maybe them or the main would be really awesome. I love the main um, and Paramore. I oh, think that Paramore. would be, I would love to open for Paramore. That's like dream goal would be amazing so I, like, I, feel like you, I feel like you have you're like in there I feel like you it just needs I, someone just needs to pull the plug for you and just do it so yeah um, just a little nudge help me please <laughs> exactly um have you you because you've done Paramore covers and so mm -hmm. have you heard any like have you tagged Haley in them have you heard anything I feel like you just I feel like you're just so close you're like one like one tag away from her seeing it and being like oh yeah this girl I will say out of a lot of the artists that have, you know, reached out or like had said something, she's been one that has not. Um, but yeah, again, she is huge. She's like, you know, way beyond <laughs> anything that I am now. And so I, I don't, I don't care. You know, I, yeah. I love her and I will always love her music and I will, as soon as they put out their new album, I will be one of the first to be like, front row, baby. I'm yeah. here for you, Haley Williams. But um, yeah, I haven't heard anything from her, but um, maybe one day we're manifesting my fingers. We're working towards it. So that's amazing. <laughs> and so that, okay. So then dream venue, like if, like I think mm -hmm. about venues, I mean, Red Rocks is obviously an amazing venue. And mm -hmm. is there like a, a one venue, regardless of, you know, who, you know, who you're opening for, maybe you're headlining it, whatever, like what venue would you just say, like, this is it. I've done it. Uh, probably Red Rocks. Yeah. yeah. I will say that it, that venue is just amazing. Um, the view and I'm such like an outdoors person. So to be able to like look out and see, you know, the canyons and things like that, I think that that would be like the pinnacle, like the best feeling ever. So probably Red Rocks. That's a good answer. I, yes. it's funny because they, um, one of the bigger venues in new England is, I mean, Fenway, like a lot, like mm -hmm. we have the TD garden, but Fenway has been a big concert, like Zach mm -hmm. Brown band, like James Taylor. Actually, I went, I took my mom to see James Taylor and it was absolutely amazing, but yeah, some outdoor venues, I feel like they don't, the acoustics suck. Like there's no, mm -hmm. there's no walls, there's nothing. So it kind of gets lost. And yeah. I feel like that's the one thing about Red Rocks. Like it sounds really good still, no matter where, where you're sitting, which. Yeah, because the way that it's set up, um, it's all kind of like at a 
little angle and yeah. it's like in its own little cubby so I feel like the sound is just amazing yeah. and the views are amazing like how can you beat that I don't think you really can no we're manifesting <laughs> you at Red Rocks with yes. that's that's the manifestation of March I would die I probably wouldn't make it there if I ever got the call and they said that I would pass away on the spot so but you know it's the thought it's the thought that counts that is amazing so okay I want to switch gears a little bit because yeah. what I talk a lot about on this podcast with other people, with just myself, is mm -hmm. really putting yourself out there and doing what makes you happy. And yeah. there's obviously challenges that come with that, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when what are some of the challenges you've faced over the last couple of years? And has social media helped or has that made it a little bit harder? I have struggled a lot. Um, with mental health and everything else in between, you know, anxiety. I think that um, one of the biggest things that had happened to me was, you know, a year into moving to Nashville, um, I was signed with that publishing company, but I was signed as an artist and a writer. And I had always thought of myself as an artist. I had always wanted to be an artist. I always wanted to tour. I wanted to do all of that stuff. And um, one of the people that was in charge of the artist side of things at that published company got let go. And I was kind of in this weird position where they're like, well, we're not going to push your own music. Don't really know how to do that. Sorry, but you can still write, you know what I mean? And I think that, you know, kind of unknown, not really sure what I was doing. I was writing songs that weren't really making sense that I had no connection to. It just made me feel very, like, insecure, I guess. Yeah. You know, it yeah. made me feel like I wasn't doing enough and I wasn't, you know, genuinely putting forth my best effort. And I think because I was so sad and just so bummed about it I wasn't putting forth my best effort and I got let go from that publishing company and I think you know moving from such a small town getting something like that where it's kind of just like top tier like now you're with the big wigs kind of thing to back down to all right I'm gonna have to find a job again probably gonna have to be a waitress again gonna have to figure it out stuff like that I was in this weird lull where it's like I have no idea what I'm even doing here yeah. um I felt like I wasn't good enough I felt like mm -hmm. my music wasn't connecting with me so I felt like it wasn't connecting with other people as well and I was struggling with my identity too you know and um so once I kind of got out of that I will say um I started to find myself a little bit more and yeah. it took a minute and we were going to actually, we had this big plan that we were going to transition into the pop punk world. It was probably about three or so years ago. We were going to mm -hmm. try to do it. Um, and so we were working up to it, writing a bunch of songs. I was writing a lot with this guy, Dan Swank, who is one of my best friends in the world. Um, I was writing a lot with him and then COVID hit and I was just like, great. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. What do I do? And I, I just had just struggled in the country world. You know, I wasn't getting shows. I wasn't touring. I wasn't, I just felt like an outsider, you know, and there, it, it doesn't feel good to feel like that. And, um, 
so once I finally, you know, was excited about this other thing and it kind of got put to a halt, I was like, what do I do now? I'm not a very good um, social media presence. I don't like to be on my phone all the time. And so I was like, how do I keep up with this? I would see all of these people doing TikToks and stuff and blowing up. And I was just like, I just, I can't do that. There's nothing that I feel like I can, you know, put onto this platform where people are yeah. going to be like, oh, she's cool, you know? And that was just myself telling me that, yeah. you know what I mean? I've, it's not true, but when you go through these highs and lows and you're constantly just like, well, I feel like, you know, crap today. And I felt like that most days I just would just talk myself down so bad and my confidence was just not there. And then one day I was like, I'm just going to give this TikTok thing a shot. Like, I just, I can't care about it. You know what I mean? I can't care what people are going to say. I can't care what people are going to think. And I posted the Jamie all over cover. So good. And I was just like in shock. I like, I posted it. I put my phone down and I didn't look at it. I was like, I don't want to see what people are saying. I don't. And when I finally did and I saw, you know, like all of these people being like, this is you, like, this is awesome. I got like this boost of confidence and I did it. I, I, I would literally post a cover every single day. Like, I don't think there was a day that I had missed for like three months where I was like posting a cover literally every day. Maybe there were like a couple days in between, but yeah. And it was just incredible to see, you know, the reaction of people and you know being from the country space and not really having or not not that I didn't have it there but not feeling like I really felt welcomed there to a space that I loved so much yeah um musically as a fan to have people be like this is you like this is what you're supposed to be doing like that is the most incredible feeling and so um yeah, I mean, like it had it had been really hard, and I had really struggled, and I'd even at times I remember I'd be like crying on my bathroom floor, calling my mom, I want to go home. Like I don't I don't want to be here. I don't fit in here. I don't, you know, like this is not for me. I don't have any friends. Like it was it was hard, but now it's like I'm really glad I I went through all of that because I don't think it would have put me in the position that I'm in now. And some days, you know, like everybody else, I do have bad days where I'm just yeah. like, oh, I suck. But I try to tell myself, you know, like everything happens for a reason and yep. whatever I'm feeling right now, it's going to go away eventually. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been incredible ever since then. So I love that. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. I, I mean, honestly, yeah. I think that there are so many more people than we... I mean, we don't realize it in the moment because we're feeling our feelings. We're kind of mm -hmm. going down sort of that spiral. But there are so many people that probably feel similarly, right? Like feeling mm -hmm. out of place, like not really sure what they could be doing to make themselves feel more like themselves. Like, I think it's mm -hmm. just that's part of just like life is figuring those things out. And yeah. it's hard. I mean, sometimes like staying true to who you are is hard sometimes when you don't know what that looks like and you have sort of other people and other influences saying, you know, this is what you are. And you're like, well, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel that way, but I don't know anything else. So I'll listen to you. 
Yeah, and also I think social media is like the thief of joy because you see someone else and all they're posting really is their highlight reel. So mm -hmm. it's like, you don't know what they're going through behind the scenes, you know? This person might look like they're getting millions of streams on something, but might be so unhappy over here. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like that, in the sense of social media being so amazing where you can connect with other people and you can, you know, somebody that I wouldn't be able to write with in like LA or something, I'm able to connect with them that way and, you know, do something over Zoom, like, that's incredible. I feel like, that is a very useful tool when it comes to social media and stuff. But I will say, like, it's it's really hard not to compare your people to or compare yourself to other people and their success. And I think that when you see someone else doing so well, you almost feel like, oh, like I'm not doing enough, or you know, I'm stressed out and I need to do more. But you never know. And yeah. I think that that was an, another thing where it was like, I kind of felt like, oh, I'm getting older and I'm seeing all these young people popping up left and right and um, I'm not doing enough. And really that wasn't the case at all. It was just me thinking in my head, like, this is what success is. That's right. their success though. Right. It's not mine. So what mine looks like is going to be very different from someone else's and especially too, if you want to have like a long career in music too, it's like patience, learning patience has been like the hardest thing. So I think social media has been hard on that aspect yeah. for a lot of people, I'm sure. And so just have to remember, like there's more out there. There's enough to go around for everybody. Like you don't have to worry about what this person's doing over here. This person's doing over here and everything on there is fake essentially. Yeah. I, you know, I, mean, I say that so. to friends, especially friends who, you know, are ready to get married and settle down and, and they're like, you know, I see all these happy people. I'm like, they're not going to put, you know, they're fighting with their significant other or that, you know, whatever they're dealing with, maybe financially, like other everybody mm -hmm. struggles. I think some people have become better about trying to showcase, you know, the harder days to say, like, this yeah. is really what real life is like. But mm -hmm. not everybody does that. And so. Yeah. I think it's, you know, not comparing what you're doing to others. Like you only, the only person you can compare yourself to is yourself is like how mm -hmm. you're getting better. And I mean, there's a lot of pressure in the world to be mm -hmm. successful and to find your, you know, pursue your dreams. And I actually, it's funny because I see that a lot. And, you know, like one of my friends posted a TikTok the other day and it went viral. And she was saying like, we only have you know, 4,000 weeks to live if we live to 80. She's like, and that's not really a lot. So you have to go do it. Not, but also yeah. there's a lot of pressure that comes with that because mm -hmm. I mean, I have a house, like, you know, quitting the job and going to pursue X, Y, and Z. Like there are things to think about. So I think it's, it's finding, I think patience is key because yeah. you can get there. And I think it's just putting in that work and being patient with it. I think is extremely important. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like you waste so much time stressing about things that you cannot control yeah. more so than the things that you can. And I feel like the things that you can are the most valuable pieces that you should be focusing on. Like for me, that was, you know, figuring out what the heck I wanted to say and like who I wanted to be as a human. Yeah. I can't just put out music left and right and be like, this is going to be great and have no connection to it because then people see right through that. I feel, especially now, like with the younger generation, they're calling people out like 
this isn't real. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? They're just very, they're very, you know, attentive to that. And so I think that instead of skipping over all of the really important pieces that we need in order to succeed, people are like, I want that. And that's what I need right now. And yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I saw myself getting caught up in that lifestyle as well. And so TikTok has been wonderful <laughs> in that aspect. So then what is one piece of advice so that you would give to somebody coming to Nashville, hoping to pursue music? You know, what is the one piece of advice you would tell this person? I would say to not listen to anybody else. Yes, there is some, you know, like criticism that is beneficial to you, but when it comes to you and what you want to say and what you believe, stay true to that. And if you're passionate about something, say it. Don't be afraid just because of what somebody over here is going to think on the internet or whatever. Like, just be true to you. You know what I mean? Don't, there's going to be a lot of people that are saying a lot of different things. And what matters is you. Nobody else matters. Just you. Say what you need to say. Be who you want to be. And everything, the right people are going to gravitate towards that. You know what I mean? So um, that's kind of what I would, I wish if I was to go back and just start it all over again, I would be like, this is me. This is what I'm going to say. If you don't like it, that's fine. But the right people are going to find it. So spend a lot of days worrying about everything else and what everybody else was thinking. So just listen to your, listen to your heart, listen to your gut. <laughs> I think I that's that. the most important thing. I love that. So before yeah. we get into our final sort of like rapid fire question, oh, second, yeah. <laughs> um, what is going on? And for your music, are you making an album right now? Are you writing an album right now? Are we going to hear anything soon? Um, I am writing a lot. Okay. Um, everything that I've been writing is very different than everything I've been doing. Um, fully pop punk, going for it full force. Um, so I've been writing a lot. We do actually, you're going to be the first one that I tell. Um, but I have a song coming out, um, I believe March 25th. Oh my God. Um, and that's going to be kind of like the start to the new era um and just working on that you know building a like a portfolio of songs yeah. to put out and hopefully crossing my fingers touring in the fall um but that's just kind of what i'm focusing on is the sound and making sure it's like the best that i could possibly make it and i'm saying everything that i didn't get a chance to say when i wanted to say it so oh my god that should be a freaking yeah. billboard that's amazing <laughs> also Thank I mean, you. I feel like you're going to tour Boston, you know, just stop in Boston on your way whenever you, I feel like we have, I, think, I have a crowd that I could bring. I've been, I've been manifesting a full month long, two month long tour. So hopefully yes. I'll be able to make it to every city and I'll be able to see you and we yeah. can hang out and it'll be yeah. awesome. I would love that. We can listen to me. <laughs> just a full straight day. Um, yes. Okay, so quick, last sort of like fun, getting into lighter questions before we wrap it up. So okay. this is the guilty pleasure edition of rapid fire oh, questions. Okay. So I'm going to give you some categories and you tell me your guilty pleasure in that category. 
Okay, okay. so we'll kick it off with an easy one. We'll start with food. What's your guilty pleasure food? You're gonna laugh. I'm probably not. I probably already ate it today. Hot dogs. <laughs> okay, you need to come talk to me. <laughs> Fed away, Frank. I'm gonna knock myself out. My guitar is like hanging on the wall right there. Wait, yeah, hot dogs no, are the um, best food in the entire world. And I will agree with that. I. It's so funny. I have. It's so weird to say. I don't like to say it, but I love hot dogs. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I crave them all of the time. Um, we'll go out. Yeah, we'll go out. And if, I mean, it's like the perfect snack. It's not too big to where it's going to make you feel disgusting unless you eat like 30 of them. But it's just enough, you know, and the ketchup and mustard combo with like sauerkraut or something. I don't know. It's it's, it's gross. Like, it's, that's like my grandma's favorite food is a hot dog, like a grilled bun and a hot dog. And she's happy. Oh, and like, it's so good. But yeah, what's the... um. What's the hot dog like stand that's right outside of like Tin Roof every Saturday night? Daddy's dogs. Though I used to live on in, like in Infinity Music Row, that apartment mm -hmm. complex and yeah. in the Gulch. And yeah. Saturday nights, it would just the end the night would end with the Daddy's dog. I hate that's what it's called, but it was so good. It's so funny because I write a lot over with my friend Dan, and his studio is like two feet from the actual Daddy Dogs like restaurant setup, And um, like, it takes everything in me. We actually got it the other day, but it takes everything in me not to like, on my way home, just like Stop walk over there really quick. They have a, a Seattle dog and it's like, this is gonna sound so gross, but it's like cream cheese, sriracha and grilled onions. And oh my God. chef's kiss. I could probably eat those if I was on a stranded island somewhere. Listen, that's, that's why you need to have a stop in Boston. We can get you a Fenway Frank. They're amazing. Know, like the best I... thing in Boston. And a hot dog at a baseball game. Come on. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better. People nothing. who go for the pretzels and the popcorn. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Dogs, Next category. TV show. Guilty pleasure TV show. I'm probably SpongeBob. I, I watch a ridiculous amount of SpongeBob. I don't know what it is. It. I feel like when I feel stressed or like anxious, I turn it on and I'm just like, ah, because it's nostalgic. Um, it kind That's of just so like fun. reminds me of my childhood. So I'll just like, I watch a lot of SpongeBob. That and like Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I like cartoons. I do. I love cartoons. Oh. I love I my my go-to when I'm feeling anxious is New Girl. I don't know if you're a New oh, Girl. Oh, I love New Girl. Yeah, I love New Girl. And mm -hmm. I've read that because my brother makes fun of me because New Girl. And then the other thing, if I'm really feeling like stressed or anxious, like I watch Moana. Mm -hmm. I love Moana. It's like one of my favorite movies of all oh, time. I love that. And the music is beautiful. And so I just mm -hmm. like it. Just I don't know. It's relaxing. My brother makes fun. He's like Jordan. I don't think I've ever seen like a show or movie more than once ever. I'm like, well, you're mm -hmm. missing out because that's how I de-stress at the end of the day. <laughs> and, but they say that if, if you're somebody who watches the same shows like over and over, like it is a way for you to relieve stress or anxiety. So I feel yeah. like so, it, and it's funny too, cause my boyfriend loves SpongeBob as well. So we'll be like Naturally. sitting in bed, like, do you want to watch SpongeBob? And he's like, <laughs> do you want to watch SpongeBob? Yeah. I was waiting for you to ask. Yeah. I watch a lot of, um, 
true crime as well. Um, so between SpongeBob and like true crime documentaries or like true crime TV, that's my, that's me. <laughs> that could, that could be a whole nother. I don't know what that episode. says, but. <laughs> nope. I mean, honestly, we could do a whole nother episode on true crime, honestly, but. You okay. like true crime too? Yes. I, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I have to say though, some of like some of the documentaries that have come out, like what was the, I feel like I just watched one recently and I was just talking to my brother about it. And now I can't think of which one it was, but like, I will, like the lights will be off. My shades will be closed. Mm-hmm. I'll be sitting there with a blanket and I'll just be like truly enjoying like this true oh. crime, like documentary. That's I have not gotten into the true crime crime podcast though, which mm-hmm. a lot of people do. Like a lot of people love those. I'm I'm kind of in a little bit of everything. I watch a lot of like true crime YouTubers, which is kind of weird. There's a girl that I watch all the time. Her name is Kendall Ray. If you if you're ever interested in like YouTube at all, um, this other girl. Her name is Christina Randall, and I love her. I don't know why I love her so much, but she reminds me of like a family member or something. She's just like Southern. She's from Florida. She like spent a lot of her life in prison, so I think that like her being out of prison and then like talking about true crime and like her building her life to what it is now. Yeah. I just am so fascinated. So watch Christina Randall because she's okay. like, I love her. She's amazing. Wait, is she, she's not the one that like reads, she talks about her own life, right? Cause there's somebody that also on YouTube that reads the sto- the crazy stories that happen about other people. Have you seen like this girl? It's like, oh. Does she have like long dark hair? I think so. Yeah, like, and like she has straight. like a like a producer or a friend, and they sit there and they like she reads these outlandish crime stories that happen. Yeah, I think I I've I can't remember her name off of the top of my head, but um, I think that Christina and her actually did a video together. Christina, oh. for like you may have seen her, she had um like big long dreadlocks, like really yeah. beautiful dreadlocks. Um, and I just thought she was so fascinating. She doesn't have them anymore, but she's just like, I don't know. I watch her and I'm like, this is like my aunt (laughs) reading to me, you know, true crime. I don't know. It makes me feel at home, but she's awesome. Oh my God. I will look into that. (laughs) I feel like I need need new things. So I will definitely be looking into that. Okay. Um, your guilty pleasure, Spotify playlist. Oh, um, this is hard. Um, probably, I can actually look it up. Let me see. There's <laughs> one that I I can't remember what it's called, but I will look at it right now. I believe maybe it's Pop Punk's Not Dead. Oh, love that playlist. No, two thousands pop punk hits. Ooh. I turn that one on a lot. I love um, that. Yeah, and it has like everything you could ever need on there. I feel like the pop last couple voice. of years, I've realized how great pop punk music is in the gym. Mm-hmm. It's so, <laughs> it's the perfect, it's the perfect, perfect thing to lift to or like run to. Oh, so. I love it. Okay. Fabulous. <laughs> okay. So guilty pleasure thing that you spend money on. Home decor. Ooh. And yes, you must spend on home decor. <laughs> I have an addiction where I will sometimes just go into home goods and just walk around and look at stuff. And when I do, my boyfriend will be like, what are you doing? And I'll just be like, nothing. (laughs) 
He's like, are you at Home Goods again? It's like, no, I'm not. I just, yeah, I, I love home decor. I love, um, I played Sims a lot when I was younger. Love Sims. <laughs> and so I think that kind of just like building homes and like designing stuff, I really love that. So I spend a lot of time like looking at houses and, and stuff like that. And I'll go on Zillow and just like look at different, you know, setups yep. and I love that. So probably home decor. That's like my one thing. I don't buy a lot of, I don't shop for like clothes or anything. I'm like really cheap when it comes to that, but I like love home decor. Listen, if you didn't grow up with a Sims cheat code and realize at 4am that it was 4am and your eyes were like bright red, then you didn't live. Okay. So <laughs> Control all C, there. Rosebud, Rosebud, mother love, mother love. <laughs> like it's so funny and I was addicted like oh. when I say I would skip school and play sims I'd be like eh, mom, I'm sick okay. and at the time like my mom my mom's a single parent so um she would have to go to work so I would just be like mom I'm sick she would leave so she wouldn't know what I was doing truly I was at the home computer and it was back when you know you had the big modem and everything oh and I would yeah. sit and I would play. I, I would go on, um, what was it? Uh, EA games. That's oh, what it yes, was. EA yes. games.com. And you could yes. download all the packages and my home computer was so slow. And my mom so would get slow. so mad because I would just have all of these Sims downloads on the computer. I was obsessed. I loved being a kid, just like wanting to be an adult and playing Sims and wanting to build houses. And now I'm like 31 years old and I'm like, I wish I'd go back to being a kid and pretending to be an adult again. I know. There have been, I mean, during quarantine and stuff like that, there had been times where I was just like, I could download Sims right now and just play. But I know if I do, I'm I'm like gonna be non-existent to anybody who needs me. So it is mind like, sucking. Do it like, on my own time. Know what's happening when you're playing that game? Like hours go by. I I'm I convinced. Know. Like you're just not existent to the universe when you're playing that game. Yeah, and it's just funny because all you're doing is just controlling other people's lives. <laughs> I mean, I love that. Okay, fun. yeah. Last one. What is okay. the guilty pleasure thing you spend the most time on? And I know guilty pleasure sounds like a negative thing, but it's not. But the thing that you probably yeah. spend the most time on—that's like your the most time on. Um. I would honestly say true crime. I would. Um, and I only say that because that's like the one thing that like outside of music, mm -hmm. I have always been so fascinated with. And I don't know if it's like the psyche of serial killers or something like that. I don't know. That's weird. But um, my dad was always really into it, like the crime novels and things like that. And I think that him you know, like writing about it and like loving that kind of instilled a part of me that's like, that's cool. And also too, like we grew up um, in Seattle, like right outside of Seattle. Cool. And so, I mean, like you have some of the most, this makes me sound like such a psycho. Um, you had some of like the most like famous serial killers come out of Washington yeah. state. So it's like, you know, I would hear about like the Green River Killer. And then like, obviously, you know, there was like the um, Elizabeth Smart, like that abduction and things like that, like over in Utah, which is not very far 
Um, and I don't know, like, I, I think I just became so just like fascinated with it. And like, I don't think that way, like I could never do something like that to somebody or like do things like that. They just do really heinous stuff yeah, in oh general. Gosh. But um, I don't think I could ever think that way. So like to know what they were thinking in that moment, if they were even thinking anything at all, like would be so fascinating. Like, I think I would go back to school for like crime journalism or something like that. Like I'm one of those weird people I'm like praying one day I get picked for jury duty for like a big like court case or something. That would be awesome, honestly. But um, the, well, I just realized the one I was thinking of earlier was the documentary about the sleepwalker who like killed. Did you hear? Did you watch that? I actually have a really crazy story about that, and I was hoping that's what you were gonna say. Okay, this I was, is I was, like, crazy. I was like, I just watched one that was crazy interesting in, from Florida, but I was like, I couldn't think of what it was. That was what I was watching, and it was Brooke Preston was the girl who got murdered, which mm -hmm. is so crazy. I was sitting in my living room. Um, I turned it on because I was like, oh, this looks, you know, kind of cool. Um, and I was, I turned it on because sometimes I'll just do that. I'll just turn yeah. it on and then like be on my phone and stuff. And it's in the background. And I heard them say the name Brooke Preston. And I was just like on my phone and I was like, that's weird. That's the very familiar name. Oh and so I rewound it. And I was looking at her photos and I was like, I know this girl. I know her. What? And it's very crazy. Um, so I used to live bef before um, I moved, my mom moved to Virginia. We had lived in Washington state and then we had moved to Pennsylvania. And that's where I did like all of my middle school, high schooling, all of that stuff. So I usually say I'm from Pennsylvania, but we lived in a very small town called Wellsboro, Pennsylvania. And all of like the neighboring towns, there was like this town called Troy, there was this town Mansfield, there was Wyalusing, which is where Brooke Preston was from. But um, all of us, like all of the schools were so far apart that we all kind of like made friends with each other in a weird way. Like we would be friends from kids from a lot of different schools because there was not a lot of kids in our own school. So um, we would travel to like Wyalusing and stuff to play sports and um, she was actually seeing a kid from my high school and I had met her at the pool, like the local pool. And there's a story where I was like, I was never really a bad kid growing up. Like I'd never stole anything, things like that. Like I maybe drank alcohol a couple times yeah, yeah. and smoked weed, but like, you know, that's, you're from a small town. That's yeah. kind of what happens. What else do you do? Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing else to do. Um, so she actually had come into town a bunch of times and I had befriended her and we, mind you, this was like so many years ago, but she was like, <laughs> she was like, have you ever stolen anything before? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, I have, I'll steal you something. And I remember one day we were at the pool and she had come and she had brought me like a gift bag of like nail polish and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like she's so badass. Like, and that was the one memory of her where I was like, this chick is just like so cool. And like something that I would never do, like, but she's just out there and fun. So I would tell, you know, people the story, like I've never stolen anything before, but there was this girl who would like steal things for me and it was her. 
And I didn't know that any of this had happened. I had been, you know, obviously hadn't gone back home in a really long time. I hadn't, you know, been in that space of like those people in a really long time. So seeing that, I was just like, what the heck? And I called my sister and I was like, Kim, you'll never believe what I'm watching right now. And she's like, what? And I was like, turn on dead asleep and you'll know exactly what I'm thinking of and like what I'm talking about. And she did and she was like, oh my gosh. And I mean, I could literally, it was so weird after the fact I like went on Facebook and like pulled up her Facebook and we're friends on Facebook and just, it's just very like, it was very oh weird, a very weird moment. But um, she was like an amazing person. And it's just, it like is crazy that something like that happened. But now there's what? like a big documentary and I'm seeing it everywhere. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. But my, yeah, my family and I had all had like a big debate about it. We were like talking about like, is he guilty? Like is he not? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. And he even like, he is from Wailusing as well. So, I mean, they're like, they're all from, you know, within 30 minutes of where I'm from. So it's just, it's crazy to think that that happened. But oh my God. So I was like freaked out. <laughs> I mean, Cause I think it's one of those things where when things like that happen, you never like, you can watch documentaries all day, mm-hmm. but like if you, until you're associated with something like that and you're like, Oh yeah, I know those people. Like, yeah. It doesn't really, you don't really, it, you know, it's like, wow, that's so crazy. But then if yeah. it's something that, you know, it's kind of only a few, you know, connections away from you, you're just like, what the you're heck? Just like, like, that's what? crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I spent basically like an entire summer with this person and it's just crazy to like feel so, I mean, like I was so, it's been years, like many, many, many years. And I would not say that like we were like best friends or anything like that, but like I'd spent a lot of time with her and just to think that like, I had no idea any of this had even happened and to go on her, you know, Facebook page and stuff and like, see all of that I was like how did I miss this like this is insane I don't know it was a very weird very weird moment (laughs) I didn't know that I mean I didn't know that that had happened um until obviously like I watched the documentary I didn't know Mm -hmm. that that had you know gone on uh but my friend I was talking to a friend who lives who is had been living down in Florida and she was like Mm -hmm. yeah it was this whole thing I was like I feel like I missed this I need to watch the news more Mm -hmm. I'm like scared of Florida I'm like Florida is a wonderful place to vacation but there are some crazy people out there like the whole Brian laundry thing and there's just I mean yeah there's a lot that's that's a place to visit for me (laughs) yeah I don't think I could ever but oh my god that is so funny well thank you so much for chatting with me so before we kind of sign off tell everyone where they can follow you and listen to your music and kind of keep updates on what's going on well you can follow me on instagram at taylor acorn music um i have music on spotify taylor acorn itunes all of that good stuff apple music amazon if you just type in taylor acorn it should pop up hopefully it is me um and what else oh yeah tiktok taylor acorn one um they didn't let me have just taylor acorn so i had to improvise (laughs) um but yeah so that's kind of where i've been you know the most active and i have new music coming out so look out for that within the next month two months things like that and yeah 
Oh, excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And as always, guys, life can get a little wild and sometimes difficult. So make sure you're doing what makes you happy. You're following those dreams of yours and you're taking your absolute best shot at it. I will see you all soon. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan.